Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. A kidnapper, by definition, is a nefarious type of individual. You know, the idea of someone being forcefully taken and then held hostage, that's egregious, that's disturbing. But what if the kidnapper is a children's hospital? Just will you hear what Jeremy Lafredo has uncovered at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. And knock me down with a feather, yet another crackpot teacher employed at a publicly funded school spouts woke nonsense as he tries to indoctrinate impressionable young children to do likewise. Alexa Lavoie has all the details on Xavier Watso, a true weirdo employed at Montreal's Louis Riel High School. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every second of every day. And I'll share some of your letters about a man at Oakville Trafalgar High School who is allegedly transitioning into a woman complete with enormous fake breasts with nipples protruding through see-through tops. And apparently the Halton District School Board is perfectly okay with this grotesque display of gender identity. Welcome to the latest trap chapter of transanity. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. I'm Jeremy Lafredo for Rebel News at the Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. Effectively, the hospital has medically kidnapped a 10-year-old girl because her parents made clear that they were not satisfied with the care she was being given and they wanted a second medical opinion. This is the use and abuse of Evelyn Young. Last month, Jessica Young's 10-year-old daughter Evelyn had swollen legs and a swollen stomach. After temporarily treating her daughter's swelling at home, the swelling returned, this time with a rash and sweating. The Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City is a controversial research institution that has effectively kidnapped dozens of kids after considering their parents who question the hospital's treatment decisions or ask for a second medical opinion as unfit to parent. Their latest victim is Jessica Young's 10-year-old daughter, Evelyn, who was effectively given to the state of Missouri after Jess made clear she wasn't satisfied with the hospital's protocols. Now Evelyn, like many other victims of Children's Mercy, is on the verge of going into foster care. Please go to saveevelyn.com and help us fund the legal battle to return Evelyn to her loving family and take her out of the hands of the state. June 18th, my husband noticed some swelling in Evelyn's face and I didn't notice it, but by the 22nd of June, um, I noticed it and I was like, oh, that's a little alarming. And so we started giving her like herbal diuretics um, within like that week. Um, but it would go up and down. Um, sometimes she'd be pretty puffy. Other times she would have a whole week where she looked pretty normal. And then um, the last week it was it was pretty severe. She was herself. She was, you know, sometimes she'd be like, my belly hurts. She had a couple of days um, in that last week where she did vomit, but she was herself. She was normal. She was talkative. She was playing with the kids. The night of August 30th, we were tucking the kids into bed and she had been complaining for a couple of days that her thighs were sweaty. And I would look and I'm like, I see that they're sweaty, but like, that's all I could see. But I looked that night of the 30th and I could see like a rash on the inside of her legs. As any concerned parent would do, Jessica brought Evelyn to the hospital. I decided to go into a local hospital, but they couldn't find 
a vein. So they recommended that we take her to Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. And that began this nightmare. CMH has separated so many families in recent years that a local legislator introduced a bill that would stop the hospital from taking so many children from their parents and putting them into foster care. But at the time, the Youngs did not know this. After arriving at the hospital, the medical staff was confused by Evelyn's condition. She supposedly had nephrotic syndrome, a rare kidney disorder normally only seen in older adults. The hospital began to treat Evelyn with steroids, and within days she was almost back to normal. Evelyn's parents, Jennifer and Justin, were pleased and cautiously optimistic. They asked the hospital when Evelyn could go home, but found it suspiciously difficult to get a straight answer. My husband asked, how many days in a row would you have to see good labs and improving labs and then being stable that you would feel comfortable like releasing her home? And he said, oh, like a few days. So I'm like, great. Um, and then after four days, I was like, awesome. Her labs, they're telling me every morning they're improving. Her vitals are stable. Like everything's going great. She is functional. She's herself. So I asked him and he was like, well, she's going to be here at least another week. And I said, um, okay, that's really crazy pants because this is changing from the original. We don't yet know why Children's Mercy facilitates the medical kidnapping of so many children. Is it because of ego? Is it because they don't like their authority questioned by concerned parents? Or is it because loving parents are less likely to submit to the research hospitals tests and studies, which are funded by the federal government, while the state would allow them to do whatever they please? Because doctors know best. But we do know one thing. It's wrong. A kidnapper, by definition, is a nefarious type of individual. The idea of someone being forcefully taken away and then held hostage, that's egregious. That's disturbing. And of course, it's criminal. Having said that, you wouldn't expect a staff member at a hospital to fit the profile of a criminal kidnapper. Hospital workers are supposed to help people in need, not hurt them. And yet, look at what's been taking place at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. As you saw, the most recent kidnapping happened just a few weeks ago when the Young family brought their 10-year-old daughter, Evelyn, to the doctor for medical advice and support. And in the process, Evelyn's loving parents were somehow determined to be unfit? What's going on here? Joining me now for more on this story is our New York correspondent, Jeremy Lafredo. How are you doing there, Jeremy? I'm doing very well, David. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Jeremy, this story to me, it defies logic. Tell me, what do you think is the unspoken reason for why staff at Children's Mercy Hospital are detaining children contrary to the wishes of their parents? Yeah, so that's exactly what's happening here. Um, we have um, parents who are bringing their children in, you know, voluntarily because their children are sick. And um, the hospital will, you know, begin to take care of them. And then uh, if the hospital does something that the parents don't like and the parents make it known that they, you know, have concerns about the, the treatment that the hospital is giving the kids, um, that's a no-no. So um, in, this, in this case, um, Evelyn's parents um, were upset that the hospital gave Evelyn a drug called Celsept, which is normally meant for um, people who have transplants, which Evelyn does not. Um, so they gave her this drug uh, called Celsept and she had um, encephalopathy. Her brain began to swell, um, which caused her to go temporarily blind. So, you know, her Ooh. parents who are concerned about her health, um, you know, were not happy with the hospital. And um, 
the hospital took their unhappiness as mental unwellness, as mental unfitness to, to be a parent and called child protective services um, because the parents were so unhappy with the, the care they were given at the hospital. They said, we want to take Evelyn out of the hospital. They said, you can't, you have to wait 12 hours. And within that 12 hours, custody was given to the state of Missouri. It's a, it's a wild uh, story. And I've heard many of these cases um, after going to Kansas City and poking around. You know, Jeremy, you raise a good point, and this seems to be a common thread. It seems to be when parents want to go and get a second opinion, mm -hmm. the staff at this hospital, I don't know, they're considering it a, a personal slight, a bruise to their ego. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, it, it's amazing if, if my truck needs a repair and I take it to a mechanic and he gives me an estimate and I say, I'm going to go down the road, see what uh, the other mechanic has to say. I've never run into a situation where um, I'm sorry, I'm not giving your keys back. <laughs> this is this is the deal. Uh, take it or leave it. Um, what I'm getting at, Jeremy, is this part of it that these doctors, these uh, the, the staff members at this hospital, they are so egotistical that if you challenge their medical opinion, they're going to take it out on you personally by keeping your child there? That's exactly um, the justification and the reasons that I've heard from the handful of parents whose children were taken by this hospital. That's what they've all said. You know, it's a it's an ego thing. It's, it's you know, we don't like um, the, the medical care you're giving our child and the doctors are, you know, they're insulted by this. Um, and they say, you know what, you're not a good parent. Um, you know, so it's a, you're not a good doctor, you're not a good parent. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's like that case you just said about your, your car, but this is, you know, someone's child. Um, so it's, it's quite, it's quite unnerving. And, um, another thing I'll add is that, um, the people that I've spoken to, it's not that their stories are slightly similar. It's not that they kind of sound the same. It's they're exactly the same story. Um, over the course of last six years of the parents that I've spoken to, um, they'll be at the doctor and they'll say, you know, we want to take our daughter or their, our son out for a second opinion. And it's that. It's the second opinion. It's the losing the child, losing the, you know, some say, you know, these kids are cash cows because they're bringing out all, all, the, all this money in these, in these uh, smaller cities in middle America. Um, it's that we want to take our kid out and the state gets involved right then and there. This is and, amazing. And, and if it's about yeah. the money... Uh, this makes it doubly egregious that they're, mm. uh, you know, using a child as a bargaining chip, it sounds like. But, you know, Jeremy, I was watching a report. I was listening to the uh, the mother speak. And, and I thought, if I'm going to put myself in her shoes. If that was um, one of my boys and I asked for a second opinion and they said no and we're going to keep him here, A, I'm phoning the police. Mm -hmm. And B, if the police come and they say nothing we can do here – I'm lawyering up. I'm getting a shark of a lawyer to mm -hmm. sick on this hospital. Have any of the parents responded in such a fashion? So what happens is uh, the parents I've spoken to, the, the hospital um, calls CPS and gets the state involved specifically when they believe the parents don't have the financial means to defend themselves and defend their family. So the, the people I've spoken to, you know, they come from lower middle income families and, um, they lost their children. And then there was one woman who said, um, you know, we lost our child, but they didn't know that my husband's um, dad, the child's grandfather, was very wealthy. So he paid for our lawyer. Um, it costed a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe six years, and they ended up getting their child back um, because they had the, the, the financial means to defend their family and get their child back. But, you know, 
this this causes you know they get their child back six years later it still you know really destroys a family and another thing i'll add is that i was speaking to the father of evelyn young justin young and he said that the the papers that the the hospital gave to the court um it contains very little about Evelyn's current medical condition. But what it does contain a lot of is the fact that Evelyn is unvaccinated and homeschooled. So, you know, it's, it's, a, strange, um, it's a strange thing to bring up, you know, her, her education status when we're talking about her current medical emergency. And the fact that she's not vaccinated for these, you know, things d- doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that her, you know, her liver has this, you know, weird um, genetic problem. But, um, you know, it's more of a political vendetta against um, a family that sees, um, you know, the way to raise a child is different than the hospital sees. You know what? You've nailed it, Jeremy. I mean, it is political. When you bring in factors that you're homeschooled, you're unvaccinated, uh, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China, for Mm -hmm. goodness sakes? I mean, that is completely irrelevant to the condition this young girl is suffering. But we know where it's going for those on the Uber left, uh, being unvaxxed, being homeschooled. Uh, basically, you may as well be an enemy of, of the state in their eyes. Exactly. Uh, just despicable. One final question, Jeremy. Where is this going? The fact that this is not a one-off, the fact that it's several families at this one hospital, um, it's uncanny. How is this going to get resolved? It's actually it's it happens so often that there's a state senator in Missouri that is trying to get a bill passed that will cause the hospital to be investigated um, and will stop them from taking so many children so much more frequently than other hospitals in the area. So this is something that state senators, democratically elected people in the area are noticing. Um, But this specific case of Evelyn Young, we are actually um, Rebel News is. Um, financing Evelyn Young's um, lawyer right now. We're trying to get her back. Um, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be an uphill battle. But we're hoping that since we entered the fight so early, that that'll it'll better our chances in, in getting Evelyn Young back to her loving parents. You can um, donate to Evelyn Young's lawyer and help us fund her lawyer at SaveEvelyn.com. You can also sign a petition on SaveEvelyn.com. Um, add your name to it. I'm going to um, take that petition and deliver it to the hospital's board of directors next time I'm in Kansas City. So please go to saveevelyn.com. Um, it will really help this little girl out and help her family out. And uh, hopefully we'll get her back. Yeah, fantastic. Certainly a worthy cause. And, you know, Jeremy, I just can't believe that with the kind of constitutional rights and protections Americans have, that this is mm. actually happening in the United States of America. It is absolutely baffling. Did a great work on your investigative reporting on this, Jeremy. Thank you so much, and you have a good day, my friend. Thank you, David. You as well. Okay, then. And that was Jeremy Lafredo in New York City. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Suite à plusieurs publications que vous avez faites, dont celle des pancartes électorales, il y a plusieurs parents qui s'inquiètent de l'influence que vous avez sur les enfants. Qu'est-ce que vous avez à leur dire? Je parle pas Rebel News. Enough is enough. I was mean to do one story, but it turned into another. How many parents wonder about what sort of influence their children are being subject to all day at school? I'm not a mom, but I worry about the next generation. That's why we are exposing a bad teacher today. And with your help, even more at exposetheteacher.ca. But first, 
I have to tell you what I uncovered. Education is a privilege. Sometimes you don't remember what you learned specifically, but it forces your mind to analyze what surrounds you. The wokeist movement and its influence have no place in school. But what if this mental awakening was influenced by the ideologies and position of the person in charge of your children? What if I had to this, that a teacher in a school, influencer on TikTok, indigenous activists, self-proclaimed to spirits, produce dubious videos that he presents on his social network and his nonsense is likely followed by many of his students? This type of teacher wear his politics on his sleeve and who does not respect the code of ethic of teacher is surely not the only case. Therefore, today I launched a petition to expose these teachers who come to disturb their learning of children and subvert parents. If after this video you agree that this individual should not be influencing young mind, then sign massively at exposetheteacher.ca. I will deliver this petition directly to the school board and the union that protects him. Well, knock me down with a feather, yet another crackpot teacher employed in a publicly funded school spouting nonsense as he tries to indoctrinate impressionable young children to do likewise. Well, at least there is one silver lining to be found here. Uber woke Xavier Watso isn't sporting a pair of gigantic fake breasts, a la Mr. Lemieux over at Oakville Trafalgar High School. And joining me now live and in person with more on this story is our beloved Montreal-based reporter, and that would be Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Bonjour. Alexa, you know, so many angles to this story, but first of all, you mentioned your report. Mm -hmm. He's posted a lot of disturbing and vulgar social media videos from what you've seen in your research. What was the most egregious, what was the most awful video he's posted? Um, yeah, actually a lot on his TikTok, I would say. Uh, most of his TikTok will be like, because he say that he's um, autochton, uh, Aboriginal person. He say that he's Algonquin, Algon Abenaki. Okay. So um, most of this TikTok video is like, oh, what do you say this in your nat native language? Well, fine, that is fine. It's educational and I have nothing trouble with that. But when he's come with laughing at burning churches, um, talking about Antifa and questioning him about Antifa, um, afterwards uh, using student, put some over mask and doing some dance in the school, um, afterwards, we have some uh, video um, where he is um, dancing with Quebec Solidaire, one of the political party from Quebec. Mm. And uh, there is tons of that. Or as well, the video where he is saying on one of the video, welcome to Canada. We have, we have been built on genocide. Unbelievable. You know, Alexa, so many examples there. I think the worst is that business of laughing about Catholic churches being burnt to the ground, one of the most overlooked, underreported stories of last year. Mm -hmm. And it speaks, Alexa, to the double standard. 
if those were mosques being burnt to the ground or Hindu temples, and you posted a jovial video, mm -hmm. oh, isn't that so funny? Look at these mosques being mm -hmm. burnt to the ground. Could you imagine the outcry? But when it comes to Christianity, uh, the media sees no story here. Yeah, and the fact is a lot of people knew already who was Xavier Watson. The fact that he was an activist before, um, we saw a lot of video of him like being in the kind of protest, but left protest, like mm -hmm. walkist protest. Um, he is um, really involved in so many bad events that happened in the past. And as well, like when he caught the election board on the school property, that just shed the light that, okay, we now this is a really uh, woke um, teacher who are spreading into the children and it tell in the video, I'm doing some positivism, leftism on my student. And he agree with it. And he is not ashamed of that. He's actually proud of doing that. Unbelievable. And, you know, that's what we do see in schools in Western democracies, that this is a form of Marxism, I think, Alex. And a tenant of Marxism is to tear down the existing society and build it back up as a Marxist utopia, which never happens mm -hmm. when you look at the history of communism in the world. But it's disturbing. That, I mean, if he was a, you know, at the town square preaching this, that's one thing, but he's in a position of power and influence with these children. And it's kind of like you know what they say uh, when it comes to either Marxism as an ideology or on Madison Avenue, whether the, when they're selling mm -hmm. beer, Get them young, get them forever. And that's what's happening here, I think, uh, Alexa. More indoctrination of our kids so they grow up, in a sense, to be like him. Yeah, but in the same time, um, most of the school, especially in the province of Quebec, have turned in the left side. And we can see it with the abolish the police that we saw in the agenda on one of the schools in Montreal that I report on that. And... And a lot of teachers agree that, yes, you have like a really a movement of leftism in, yeah. in school, mm -hmm. but you will need to agree that leftist people are more easy to control than the people on the right. Mm. And so for the society, it's always better to have people who want to be more leftist than the right. No, and I think you're onto something. And I think, Alexa, this has been a long game plan of the left. We're going back 50 or 60 mm -hmm. years when this stuff wouldn't be tolerated, but slowly, ever so slowly, more leftists creeped into uh, schools, universities, the justice system, policing mm -hmm. even, politics, of course. And this is what, this is now becoming the norm. I find it frightening. Yeah, but it's, it's the, the left are taking over politics especially in Quebec, like four party is mostly left and one is on the right. Um, on the school, on the media side, everything has been turned left. Mm. And the people who are in the right now, they are conspirationists, yes. they are um, troublemaker, yep. they are the person that we need to discredit and to jail. Uh, so. Absolutely, and, and you know, 
What kind of an argument does this man have? Uh, his response to you reminded me of the response you received last year from Justin Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister Blackface McGroper, in which uh, I don't talk to Rebel News. Jeez, that was deja vu. Where have I heard that before? The point is, Alexa, if he really believes all this crap he's spewing, why not get into a discussion or a debate with you? I think when you say, when you plead silence or say no comment, your argument doesn't have any merits to it in the first place. Yeah, but as I say, don't uh, trust any drama teacher. He is a drama teacher. <laughs> so when I, I see that he was a drama teacher as uh, Mr. Trudeau, I was like, oh, he is actually giving me the same answer than Mr. Trudeau. So I w was not really surprised of that. It, it, what, a, what a disturbing trend. One last point, Alexa. You know, in Ontario on October 24th, that's the municipal elections. There's never a big turnout. I don't understand that because, you know, municipal politicians affect your lives directly. The roads, you know, the waterworks, mm -hmm. you name it. And there's even less concern about school board trustees. People just don't care. And yet this is where the change begins. And I point to what happened in Virginia last November. Mama Bear woke up. School boards in Virginia were packed with parents that were saying to the trustees, we're sick and tired of all this crap, like critical race theory and Marxism and radical transgenderism being shoved down our kids' throats. And what I'm getting to, Alexa, is that that is the lowest elected position in our democracy, school board trustee. But look what happened in the elections in November and November. You, uh, you had um, Glenn Youngkin defeat Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, uh, a Republican victory, which was considered a long shot. It happened. What I'm getting at is this movement brought about regime change mm -hmm. at the highest level. Is this what's needed, Alexa, that parents should get involved in their schools, their school boards, take a look at what's being taught, uh, voice their opinions en masse to these trustees and say, we're not going to take this crap anymore. But the only problem with the school board uh, committee is often they have like parents involved, but the parents is on the same side than the school. So, um, <laughs> so the point is, if you really want to have a protection, you need to, to not let the committee to choose which kind of parent they want. The, it should be elect maybe in a democracy way and ask other parents who you want to see in the school board committee. Because what I saw so far, it's I was in another school in Montreal and the school board committee did all agree to let in place health measure and vaccine passport when everything was left in Quebec mm -hmm. because the parent in the committee wanted the same thing that the school. Mm -hmm. So. At the end of the day, if we are not doing something because we think that we, we, we need to get the parents involved, but when the parents who are representing other parents is not really representing them really, yeah. but the school, I don't think it's better either. And one last thing too, Alexa, uh, since we're talking about kooky teachers, <laughs> certainly uh, Carrie Luke Lemieux, now going by the name of Miss Kayla Lemieux, the yeah. teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School. Uh, this is the man, of course, making headlines around the world mm -hmm. from India to the UK because he's showing up to work with giant 
fake breasts, wearing see-through tops, having his nipples protruding, not following shop uh, safety mm -hmm. etiquette rules. What's your take on him? So me, I would say that as a woman, if you really want to um, transition, if it was really a transition, um, usually you want to be as pretty and as resemblance yeah. as a woman. And we know that that doesn't represent at all like what is a woman, especially because big breasts give like back problem mm. and a lot of problem on, on the, the feminine side. And um, and so I think me, the, it just used that as shedding a light on something else that probably if he was just shedding, shedding it, probably will be like just fire and his message will be not uh, spread over. To yeah. doing that, now we have the attention of all, not just Canada, but all around the world. And it's probably something that you have to say. And I think I invite him, if you see like uh, this uh, video, this report from David Menzi, to reach out to Ruben News yeah. to, if you have like a message to tell, I think it's a good time to, to choose your media that you know that your message will pass through. I would love to talk to him. I've reached out by email, no response. I think you're right. There's something more to this story, Alexa. Uh, this is not somebody I think who is uh, genuinely transitioning into a woman. Uh, it's either one of two things, I think, mental illness, or this is an elaborate prank. And um, who knows, we'll, we'll see in the days and weeks ahead. But I really appreciate you as a woman. And make <laughs> no mistake, folks, Alexa Lavoie is a 100% biological woman. Yeah. And what a woman. I'm so happy to hear her opinion <laughs> on the insanity that we're dealing with. Before I get into trouble, keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Oakville, Ontario. And folks, I'm here at Oakville Trafalgar High School. And, you know, in most schools, when it's drag queen story time, that's typically a one-day event for a few hours, but here at Oakville Trafalgar High School, drag queen story time is anytime Mr. Lemieux, aka Miss Kayla Lemieux, is teaching shop class. You see, Mr. Lemieux is allegedly transitioning into a female, but that's not really news these days. What is news is the fact that his fake prosthetic breasts are so humongous, literally twice the size of a man's head and weighing about 35 pounds as well. His nipples are always protruding and he wears see-through blouses. So really, what is going on here? Is this really someone who is transitioning into a female or perhaps is Mr. Lemieux playing some kind of prank for whatever reason? Is he maybe deliberately trying to get fired so he can file a wrongful dismissal claim? Or dare I say it, is Mr. Lemieux suffering from mental illness? And if he is, he should be treated immediately. Now folks, if you're getting a sense of deja vu regarding our story here, it's well-founded. That's because my cameraman Lincoln Jay and I were here yesterday to report on this situation. Let's go over and find out what this young man uh, is trying to do here outside Oakville Trafalgar High School. 
You used to be a student here at Oakville Trafalgar High School. Um, back when you were in class, were there any shop teachers with uh, enormous fake breasts? No, actually. Um, <laughs> I took shop every single year that I went here for all four years. And um, yeah, I never have any sort of recollection whatsoever of any individuals wearing a large fake bust. And I think that's the issue here, you know. Um, this isn't about um, transsexualism or anything like that, but what this is really about to me is just common decency at the end of the day. Um, if we see an individual that has an inability to adequately control the dysphoria that, that, are, that they're exhibiting, I think that they should not be in a position of, uh, of you know, being a, a, a lecturer, essentially. And, you know, I know a lot of the people that go to the school right now, a lot of the younger people, I know their siblings very well. I've had a lot of people hit me up online in support, a lot of my friends, and I've talked to kids who are in that class right now. And it's absolutely disgusting what we're facing right now. Well, what are those kids saying to you? I had one kid last night cry to me over the phone, honestly. Like, it was wow. It's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, but no, it's really just like I, I can't even believe that this is happening right now. And let's be real here. No one really, no one likes this. Like, no one enjoys that this is happening right now. But a lot of people are afraid to speak up. I'm friends with a lot of trans people and stuff like this. And even them, they don't support this because, you know, I mean, this is a very extreme example of what we're seeing right now at the end of the day. And alas, there has been misinformation out there as to the previous alias of Miss Lemieux. Namely, a teacher here who I understand is a good teacher and a good man and a 100% biological man, Stephen Hanna. He was named as the alias of uh, Mr. Lemieux. That is incorrect. And what is outrageous is that the Halton District School Board knew about this misinformation being reported the world over for at least five days, and yet they never corrected that. Now, we reached out to the Halton District School Board, to their communications person who barely communicates, to the director of education, um, and even to the school itself. Why don't we run a few clips of us mentioning Mr. Hanna's name and never being corrected and in the case of the school a nasty receptionist slamming the phone down when I was trying to get clarification. Check it out. You're not welcome on the property. Okay. And, and this sorry. is one of the vice principals and they can ask oh. you to leave the property. Ma'am, what do you think about Mr. Sorry, Hanna not answering turning right uh, this school into a laughing stock around the world? We are going to ask that you have to leave the property right now, please. Okay. okay. But okay. why is that? Thank you, so much. you don't believe in a free press? Oh, yes. Good morning. Uh, can I speak with uh, Mr. Stephen Hanna, please? Um, I think he's teaching right now. Are you a parent or? Oh, uh, no, I was just uh, I'm trying to confirm if um, Mr. Hanna also goes by the name of Miss uh, Kayla Lemieux. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Oh, um... No individuals to speak with you uh, at present. Okay. If you have a media inquiry, it should be sent to our communications Oh, I, I did. I did. So, but we're just wondering why Mr. Hanna can violate the dress code, no why he can violate... Can please leave the... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And who are you, please? But, so why... Is there a different set of standards for allegedly transgender teachers?
I, you're not invited hey into this room. Oh, is that okay? right? We we're just yeah. trying to find out some more information about uh, Mr. Uh, Hannah. Does anyone know why there's a, two sets of standards for health and safety and for dress codes at Halton District? You're Mr. Innes, right? Please, yes, How you doing? Why, why is that being tolerated, sir? My name's David Menzies with Rebel News. I sent you an email, and it's in regard to Mr. Hanna um, breaking the dress code, not adhering to the shop health and safety rules, and I'm wondering why that's being tolerated. So, can we speak outside, please? There are actually two storylines taking place in Halton region regarding the notorious Carrie Look Lemieux, a.k.a. Kayla Lemieux. First, why is this spectacle being tolerated from the outrageous prop breasts to the see-through blouses? And why did the Halton District School Board purposely not correct the record until late Monday night that Stephen Hanna and Carrie Look Lemieux are two different people. They had ample opportunity to correct the record much earlier, but they chose not to do so. Why? I think they wanted to discredit media outlets for reporting wrong information. So yes, to fulfill their evil agenda, they threw an innocent teacher under the bus. Disgusting. In any event, you had plenty to say, plenty regarding this story. This comment will probably vanish, ask Google, writes, No one gets freedom of sexual expression in a public school. This principal is out of his freaking mind. My daughter was suspended for wearing a spaghetti strap top to a school without air conditioning. This is beyond disgusting. It's repulsive. And I would be saying the exact same thing about a biological woman dressing like that at a school full of children. Well, my friend, sorry to hear that your 100% biological daughter got suspended for wearing clothes that were meant to help her keep cool in a non-air-conditioned class. Too bad the school considers her to be a threat to society. Unbelievable. Steve D. writes, this story absolutely infuriates me. I've contacted everyone possible from the school to the HDSB, to the MPP for Halton. Nothing being done, of course. Most mainstream media is afraid to touch this because of the woke mafia. Being trans is not an exemption to the professional standards and conduct we are all subjected to at our workplace. This is absolutely ridiculous and the board should be ashamed of itself hiding behind inclusivity and babbling on about protecting the teacher. Meanwhile, the students are exposed to this fetish on a daily basis. If my kids were in this district, they would be pulled immediately. Please keep reporting on this and keeping it fresh in people's minds. Well, Steve D., uh, you make some great points there regarding the woke media mafia not touching this story. You see, they fully support the radical transgender movement, of course. They have no problem with trans men competing with real women in sports or doing time with real women in prisons. And hey, what could possibly go wrong there? But they, even they, suspect something is not quite right with this story. But instead of investigating it, they ignore it. They don't want to report anything that might be construed as, you know, transphobic. 
What a bunch of gutless cowards. Betty Sims writes, I'm a teacher. I was forced to resign and almost lost my license because I was pro-life conservative. I was told I made the parents uncomfortable. Betty, please reach out to me on our tips line. That's tips at rebelnews.com. Assuming this story is legit, I'd like to do a story on this outrageous turn of events. Frang it to Frang it to writes, as a longtime woodworker, I was shocked that his hair is not tied up in a ponytail or bun. If one's hair gets caught in a miter saw, it would result in a serious injury. A shop teacher should know that. Alas, maybe the HDSB considers that enforcing the safety rules of a workshop is, uh, you know, transphobic again. So if you are trans, well, goodness knows, anything goes. And finally, Timo X writes, It seems weird to me that a person can be wrongly named by media for that long these days without being corrected. I'm curious if Miss Lemieux has an employment contract with her name on it and if the proper process was followed for hiring her. Well, I don't know the details regarding Lemieux's employment contract, but again, allow me to repeat myself. Everyone at the HDSB should be ashamed of themselves for intentionally not correcting the record in terms of what or who that other teacher was. That teacher was being wrongfully identified for days on end. That other teacher was not the same person as Mr. Lemieux. I believe they wanted this factual error to occur simply to discredit media outlets for reporting wrong information. So yeah, again, they threw an innocent teacher under the bus so as to maintain their evil agenda. This is a scandal and the entire board, in my opinion, needs to be replaced. A-S-A-P. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. Have yourselves a great weekend. And as always, folks, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.